What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is a Gear Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Mr. Perez. And you're listening to the Better Live Than Dead podcast brought to you exclusively on Gear Network. Listen in. Welcome to the Better Live Than Dead podcast, our second episode on the Gear Radio Network. Today, I'm joined by a good friend, Mr. Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, I already said that, but how you doing? He's the man behind the new intro that we have. We're supposed to have it last week, but like I said last week, some technical difficulties, our pilot episode. We're on the road. We're ready to go. Uh, I've got Perez here today to talk about uh, something interesting to me and to many people in the fantasy football world. But first, I want to mention to you, you can listen to the Better Live Than Dead podcast not only on GearNetwork.com, that's G-E-R-E Network.com, but you can hear us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and now on Stitcher Radio as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we're making waves across the internet. Yes, yes, yes. Jump on the bandwagon before it is too late. Now... Perez, the question I want you to ponder. Well, first of all, before you before you pose this question to me, let me just say it feels good to be back, man. Glad to have you back. And you know what? I'm thinking that uh, from here on out, this may not be your only appearance on the Better Live Than Dead podcast. Sounds good to me. It's certainly we we've had uh, podcast history, and uh, things weren't as uh, didn't work out the way we wanted it to. So take things into our own hands, make That's a podcast right. happen on our own. That's right. So go ahead, Pope. Query your question. Okay. The question I have for you, fantasy football drafts coming up. And now the one thing I do want to mention, uh, coming up shortly on the Gear Network, exclusively on the Gear Network, we will have a fantasy football podcast. It is in the works. Stay tuned to the Facebook page, Twitter, uh, and obviously GearNetwork.com, and we'll have the latest for that. Uh, But the question I have for you, if you're drafting, when you're drafting, not if you're drafting, when you're drafting, is it Peyton Manning or is it Drew Brees and why? Don't answer the question now. Think about it, because right now, we're going to send it to commercial break, and then when we come back, we are joined by uh, Pro Hockey Talk on NBCSports.com writer Joe Yearden. Uh, a great interview. Check it out, and when we come back from the interview, I'll get your answer, Perez. Sounds good. A successful product does not become a successful product on its own. Look at the Gear Radio Network, for example. We're a prime example. We had a lot of help getting here, and we can help you get where you want to go, too. Advertising rates are very low to start off here on the Gear Radio Network. Visit us at gearnetwork.com. Click on the contact link to send us an email, and we can work out the details. Again, advertise your product across all of the forums at a low, low rate here on the Gear Radio Network. This free and independent sportscast is made possible when you shop the Gear Network store through Amazon. Visit GearNetwork.com and click on the Amazon banner to shop through Amazon's thousands of products at great prices delivered right to your front door. Again, that's GearNetwork.com and click the Amazon banner at the top. This is not a test. This is the punk rock prodigy, Eric Eminon, and you are listening to Better Live Than Dead exclusively on the Gear Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Better Live Than Dead. Right now on the line, we are joined by Joe Yearden of Pro Hockey Talk and NBCSports.com. He is at Joe Yearden. That's Y-E-R-D-O-N on Twitter. Joe, how you doing today? Doing great. Good to be on with you. Thanks for well. Thanks for joining us. I know you had a little mishap where you uh, you slept in because you were up late last night, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm <laughs> hey, here. You're vacation, here. When vacation time rolls around, man, you got to take advantage. Uh, that's that's absolutely for sure. I was going to say, I'm here. You're here. It's all that matters. Um, you spent last season in Buffalo. You got to see the the Buffalo Sabers up close and personal. Um, we saw they had a handful of off-season moves. Uh, so the first thing I want to ask you, was there anything this off-season that the Buffalo Sabres did that really stuck out to you and kind of surprised you? You know, I, I, I think it was, I mean, I, 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 think, I think normally sometimes you might save the amount of money, but that's not the case since they had to spend to get, you know, to get above the, uh, the salary floor. So that didn't, that didn't surprise me that, the the style of players that they brought in wasn't exactly a shock because it's it's the kind of they're, they're the kind of guys that you bring in uh, character wise and you know talent wise honestly for 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 what the what they're looking to do here but if if there was a move that surprised me it was it was seeing Matt Molson return because uh, be be it what it was you know being in the being in the locker room with it with with them and and trying to f- find out what trying to figure out what the players are all about and, and when they're here. I, I, I never got the feeling that, that Molson felt like sticking here was going to be, was going to be something he wanted to do. I mean, obviously during the season, it, it, you know, he, he knew that he wasn't going to be staying all the, the, the whole year because you know, you're on an expiring deal. You're on a team that's not going to win. You want to get moved somewhere else. But, you know, I, I, I never got that feeling that, that he, that Buffalo was a place that he wanted to stay. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of that, the, the contract stuff had to, had, had to do with that, but, you know, seeing him come back, I mean, he's a Mississauga guy, so he's, he's relatively close to home. I, I, I you know, I, I sort of discounted that. So seeing him come back is, you know, it's a great thing for, for the team because he played very well while he was here. But um, I'd say of any of the moves, I'd say that one, that one was maybe the the most surprising, but, you know, as you find out information later on, I really wasn't surprised at all. So I, I, I guess maybe I'm not quite as dialed in as I thought I was. Well, I'll tell you what. I remember in the locker room after um, after a, a few of the trades, and he actually started uh, started crying in the locker room. That was I'll, – I'll say, I mean, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one. He's, he's a big uh, – was a big guy in that locker room. For, for the limited time he was there, he was very important to that team, and, and everyone kind of rallied around him. And I mean, he took he took those trades as hard as anybody did, and he was really oh, part yeah. of the team. Yeah, no, I, I'd say I'd say of anybody else uh, on the roster who is who is as emotional as he was is maybe Drew Stafford, and you know I think that's that's a little bit different for him seeing how his, you know he he came up with Ryan Miller, and you know he he's you know he's been with this team for so long, but you know I you know having somebody like that 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 has that that sort of character to him, you know, that, that, that's the kind of thing the team is, is really, really pushing forward now. And, you know, that, that's something you saw with them signing Brian Gianta. That's something you see with, 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 with what they've done, you know, to try to, to get that veteran voice in the room because it's going to be a young team and it's, 
it's going to be a team that's that's not going to be so great. And you know, being able to get through that and and carry yourself like a professional day in and day out, that's that's going to be the thing they're gonna, they're going to really push this year. It might not be very exciting for the fans to hear stuff like that, but you know, getting the getting the foundation in place for for what's to come in the future or what what they hope's going to come in the future, you know, that that's that that's a big part of of uh, what they're trying to build. Well, and with that being said, what what exactly should Buffalo Sabres fans expect this year from this team? Obviously, you said they were going to be uh, not good, but how, I guess I should say, how bad do you believe the Sabres are going to be this season? Well, they're not going to be as bad as they were last year. It would be impossible to be that bad or even worse. Uh, I think uh, I, I I look at it; they're they're going to be better. They're going to play a lot harder. They're probably going to score more goals, which, you know, again, I can't imagine they would score less. But, um, you know, this is a team that could improve by 10 wins and still, you know, they, they improve by 10 wins, they, they become a 72-point team, which still puts them at the bottom of the barrel standings-wise. You know, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's a matter, and we saw it last year, that as long as the team's playing hard, the team's playing honest. The fans are going to be okay with that. I mean, they understand, you know, a rebuild situation is not, not going to turn them into a playoff team right away. They know what that's about. But they saw what it was like while Ralston was coaching here the first month, and the team was just not competing hard. They were not playing very well. They were, you know, they, they looked lost out on the ice. And that kind of thing's not going to happen with, with Ted in charge and, and obviously with Tim Murray in the, in the front office like that. Anybody who, who looks like they're just kind of floating out there is not going to be long for the team. So, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be a little better. They're not going to be a lot better. <laughs> but I I think that's that's kind of by design, really. I I think, you know, everything everything seems to have been geared up towards, you know, being able to be in a position to have one of the top picks in the 2015 draft, and you know. Everybody knows Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel are going to be the guys that can that can turn a franchise around in a heartbeat. So you know, putting yourself in the position, while you know, basically being honest about it. I mean that you know, I guess that's all good for the Sabers. But you know, I know a lot of folks are worried worried now that you know a lot of the guys that they signed this year are, are going to make it so that they're not going to be able to be in a position for that. Which, given how evil the Western Conference is and and how a couple of the other Eastern Conference teams are, right? It's very possible they might not end up being one of one of the two worst teams in the league. Building off of that, when I want to take a look behind the scenes now, uh, there was an announcement obviously a couple of days ago that you covered uh, extensively over on uh, Pro Hockey Talk that the Buffalo Sabres are going to be hosting the scouting combine for the next two seasons. Now, there's been uh, some rumors flying around that this could possibly lead to the NHL draft coming to Buffalo. Is there any weight to those rumors, or are those just rumors? I, I think they're just rumors for now. Um, I, I think there's enough. There are enough other teams out there that are that are that are hoping to host something like that. I mean, I think of, I think of, um, I think of the Coyotes out west, where you know I don't know that they've hosted. I don't, I don't know that they've hosted a draft, or they haven't had an All Star game out there. So. You know, those are those are two big events that you know. Now that they finally have a, a solid owner there, they might be looking to, to to land that kind of an event that out that way. So, you know, teams like that are are more in a position to 
to, to put in a call like that. But you know what? The draft is draft is a little bit of a different monster in that you know it, it's it's a big event, yes, but it's not an it's not an overrun monster of a of a thing where you know teams are just knocking down the door to to be able to host it. But you know, I sure. I mean, I, I if Buffalo wants to throw their hat in the ring, I'm sure I'm sure all the scouts and and teams like that are going to be happy with it because. Most of them are situated in Toronto and, and Southern Ontario anyway, so they'll be happy not having to fly somewhere crazy to go, you know, to, to go do their job for, for a weekend. So, you know, I think I think for a draft that's fine, but you know, whether it's gonna be in, in in sixteen or seventeen, I don't know, that might be that might be that might be a little bit too hopeful, but you know, things like that I I it's it it's Things like that could change change on a whim. You know, I, I think back to, um, I, I think back to, I think it was 2010 or 2011. I think the uh, the Capitals were supposed to host the draft, and and things changed with some situations there, and the, and Washington pulled out of it. So they had to they had to scramble to find a new place, which pretty easy to do because you know you're just basically taking over an arena for a weekend. So you just have to make sure not to have any concerts or or events going on, so that makes it easy. But, but yeah, I mean, if if Buffalo hosts it, I mean, that's it's a great thing. Just I think maybe by the time that they they do get a chance to host it, maybe they won't be so bad. That's that's the only catch. That would certainly be a positive. If uh, if you're just yeah. joining us, if you're just joining us right now, we're talking hockey with Joe Yearden of Pro Hockey Talk on NBCSports.com, and obviously, if if you're even somewhat of a of a diehard hockey fan. You don't even have to really be a diehard hockey fan. Just pay attention enough to know past four of the uh, past four or five years, if I can uh, talk over here, the uh, Blackhawks and Kings have dominated the West and represented the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals, winning uh, four out of those five years. Obviously, the fifth year they weren't there. Uh, but do you can do you see that uh, the, the Blackhawks and the Kings' dominance will continue, or is there a team or two that may uh, be ready to unseat the the Hawks and the Kings in the West? Uh, I there there's still one and two as far as I'm concerned. Those two teams are are, the, are by far the two best. Um, if there was a team that I <laughs> Things changed this summer for another team that I thought could threaten them, and yeah, that was the Sharks. And their summer decided to be one where they just kept flinging poop at the wall to see if see if it was going to you know change things up. And I, I still don't understand what in the world they're what they're trying to do there. But um, you know, St. Louis or uh, St. Louis is another team that maybe you know maybe if things break right, but I'm not sold on them because, you know, they're going to Brian Elliott and Jake Allen in goal. And I know that they, they you know, they, they got barely a test out of Ryan Miller to, to see if he was, if he was going to be the big name answer to solve things. But, you know, they, they felt they had to change his style the second he, he dropped into town and very clear that that didn't work out. So, you know, I, I wonder they have the defense, they've got some scores there. So, I mean, St. Louis can hang with them, but, Something about them when they get in the playoffs, where you know they just they just turn into a different kind of team. But you know, out west, it's it, it's such a meat grinder to deal with. I, I, I think if there if there is going to be a team that's going to be a challenger, it might be Anaheim. Um, adding Ryan Kessler to that team makes them a lot different. Dallas might be another one. 
um, just because you know you add a guy who's who's score so scoring capable like Spezza and you throw Alish Hemsky in there and you know their young defense is maybe the one question mark with them and it could be a big one. But you know, Curry Lettman is is outstanding. I think he's very underappreciated as a goalie. So, you know, I think I think Dallas is a team that that could absolutely shake things up. But you know, there, there's just so many teams out west that are that are so good. I mean, you, you look at you look at you, I mean, basically that central division is is just uh, is just evil. You know, you get Dallas, you get Chicago, you get Minnesota, you get St. Louis, you get Colorado. I mean, it's just. I mean, that's just beastly. And, you know, Colorado's another good team, but, you know, they didn't fix any of their defensive problems. Maybe, you know, maybe Wah adjusts that in training camp and they fix that up. But, oh, man. But they're, they're a, you know, they're a Semyon Horlamov injury away from becoming really bad. And that's, I think that's I think that's something that they, they needed to address in the offseason. They really didn't. So, you know, but if you're looking for two candidates that, that might throw themselves right in the mix with Chicago and LA. Now I pick Anaheim and I pick Dallas. So judging by what you're saying in conversation, and like you said before, the Buffalo Sabres have picked one hell of a time to be bad because I'll tell you what, uh, just watching from the press box and seeing this team and then turning on the TV and watching teams like the Kings, the Hawks, even Anaheim, you, you think to yourself, even if the Sabres were good, there would probably be little chance for them. Uh, against these Western Conference powerhouses, I mean, and it, the the one the one follow up question I was just thinking about this is it is it because the teams are kind of um, mirroring their games after the Blackhawks and the Kings that the West has gotten so dominant, or is it just teams are loading up because they know they have to have multiple levels of firepower? I think it's uh, you know I honestly think it's it's a, it's a bit of both. I mean, you, you have. You look at how loaded that Kings team was last year, and you know they, you know they they added you know they add Marion Gabrick, and it makes their offense explode. You know they they have four strong centers up the middle. You got Mike Richards playing fourth line center. I mean that's that's just goofy. And you know then you get your you get a, you get a couple of your young kids to to blossom and Tanner Pearson and, and Tyler Toffoli and. You, know, you put him on a line with a guy like Jeff Carter, who you know always seems to get knocked, you know, by everybody. You know, you look on Twitter and people just love to hate on Jeff Carter, and it's insane to me because the guy's been nothing but productive everywhere that isn't called Columbus. And uh, you know, I think for I think for him, he's 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 one of the he's one of the top goal scorers in the league. I mean, the guy's a forty goal talent every year, but. You know, a team that is that, that that that's that deep, and you know, people again they'll knock on John Quick and say he's inconsistent and all that. But you know, I hate using the word clutch. I think it's bogus. I think it's 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 hocus pocusism, as far as I'm concerned. But man, oh man, if that guy doesn't step up when the when the moments are the biggest, I mean, the, he's you know they're they're down they're they get down two to you know they're down two nothing to San Jose. They lose game three, and he was he was outstanding. You know, the Sharks had to throw everything they had at him to be able to beat him. And then from the rest of the series on, he was lights out. And then you know you get him against Anaheim, and you know he ran into some trouble again. And again, he stepped up, and you know they just kind of marched along like that. You know, he and he and Crawford weren't outstanding in the Western Final, but you know the the amount of talent 
that's on the ice when the Hawks and Kings play, it's it's understandable. But, but you know, the second he gets against the Rangers, he was he was otherworldly, and that was even with Lundqvist throwing everything he had at him. So, you know, I, I honestly, it's you know, I don't blame teams like Anaheim and, and Dallas for for trying to load up talent wise because you've got if you can have if you can roll three lines of weapons against those teams, you stand a much better chance than trying to trying to wing it with one line and try to get through all of their defensemen and then try to beat the goalie with them. You know, it's, if you're in a playoff series against them, you need, you need more, you always need more and playing their brand of hockey. I mean, it, the NHL is the biggest copycat sport going and the way the Kings and the Blackhawks play basically how the Red Wings were playing, you know, years ago. So it's a lot of that similarity and, you know, teams have been, you know, it's a proven method for success. I mean, you know, the four Stanley Cups between those two teams the last, you know, five years, it's, that, that'll tell you everything you need to know. So uh, it's, it, it's, it, it's something where, you know, everybody wants, everybody wants to try to do the same, but, you know, there's just a finite number of players to be able to copy that kind of style. Last question, and we'll let you go on this one. Um, and it's kind of a broad question, so I, I do apologize in advance if you're a little uh, uh, a little off by it. But uh, any teams or players that uh, you see could exceed expectation this season? I know there's a few uh, few guys out there that uh, people are stocks down on teams that have stock down that could potentially blow out and have a, have a great year. And uh, before I let you answer the question, no, you cannot say Villaleno. <laughs> Well, he needs to sign with a team first. That's the only thing. He might hey, be you know, uh, if, he, if he if he played street hockey with a with a bunch of twelve year olds, he would probably do better than he did last year. <laughs> well, at least I would hope he'd score a goal then. That's uh, that's the uh, that's the one thing for him. Um, yeah, that's uh, somebody who might ex- ex- exceed expectations. Uh, you know. I'm trying to think of somebody who had a really down year last year, but is due for a bounce back, and I'm and I'm and I'm struggling for it. Um, I, you know, it, it'd be it'd be easy to say, it'd be easy to pick out, you know, a handful of big names. Say, yeah, I know they'll they'll come back, but you know, if you want to, you know, like I say, if you think, well, if Game all could be better, it's like, well, he had. 70, 80 points last year. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, well, maybe Crosby will be better. Well, he had over a hundred points. So how's he going to be better? You know, how's he going to be better? Um, you know, I, I think I think you look at you look at what Dallas did, and it's you know keep coming back to him. But you know, I I, I keep having this vision of Tyler Sagan having an even bigger season and making Boston look even more foolish for for what they did in trading him. Um, I could see I could see Sagan having a, a 40, 40 goal hundred point type season, possibly. But you know what? The the guy he was traded for, Louis Erickson, he's going to get top line time with the Bruins. I could see him having a I could see him having a big bounce back year. Although he's got to you know he's got to stay healthy. That's that's the big catch for him. But um, I can, yeah, I, I, I would look at those two. It, it's weird to draw back to that trade. That was, you know, that was last summer's hotness. But, um, yeah, no, I, I would keep an eye on those two guys because it, 
just seems like whenever whenever Boston makes a move, it seems like the fates are intertwined. Um, but it, I think if there's another guy to somebody, at least another player who's going to get his like superstar credential, it's going to be Joe Pavelski in San Jose. He had such a big year last year and seemed to just fly under the radar the entire season. And I think I think he's gonna. I think he's he's one guy that's capable of doing it again. Maybe adding a little bit extra to it to be able to get noticed. I mean, you know, everybody's gonna be watching San Jose with that sort of uh, feeling of dread, waiting for the the floor to fall out underneath them with you know all the Thornton and Marlowe stuff. But I think I think Pavelski, you know, Couture gets all the headlines, but Pavelski's the guy that makes it go and. I think this year might be the year he finally starts getting recognized for that. Well, hey, I lied to you because I'm going to ask you two more quick questions because as you're talking, <laughs> the, I, I feel rust in my brain kicking off from hockey season. Um, first is is if Jonathan – I'm assuming Jonathan Jaren is going to play the full season in Tampa. If he plays in Tampa the full season, is the, the rookie of the year his to lose? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think – you know, I, him staying away for a year was was, yeah. I mean, it was shocking, but I, I think I think that you know, as long as he makes the team, where he's gonna, he, there's there's no doubt he's gonna make the team. As far as I'm concerned, of course, I said this last year too, but um, yeah, no, I, I'd say he's absolutely the front runner, um, just because he's gonna get those opportunities right away on that roster, and Lord help us all if he ends up if he ends up playing with with Stamkos on that power play because he was man you know I it's <laughs> Tampa's Tampa's just got so many scary options down there that 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 they they they're going to be a fun team to watch but uh but yeah Duran is Duran's gonna is he's absolutely set up to be the the Calder favorite I would say okay and last question I promise you this is the absolute last question I'll let you go <laughs> um are the Florida Panthers ready to make some noise in the East or are they still kind of ticking down there and, and waiting to get, uh, waiting to take the next step? You know, I, I like, I like a lot of what the Panthers are doing and they bit me in the ass last year because they thought they were going to build off winning the division a couple of years ago. And I was like, all right, yeah, maybe, maybe this will work. And yeah, no, they, they've been, they, they, they've been, they've been bad since, since after the uh, since after the lockout, and um, I, I look at that roster and I love a lot of the players they have. I think Huberto is going to have a, a a big bounce back year. He had such a bad year last year, but I think he's going to come back huge. And you know, Barkov's incredible. I think Aaron Ekblad's going to be he's going to be on their top pair right out of camp. And you know, they they have some interesting players there, you know, and a lot of them have been coming through that system, you know, Nick, B- Nick Bugstad, you know, they have Brandon Peary there now, and he's he's an, he's an outstanding offensive player, and yeah, I love a lot of what they got going on there, but something about them, and it's probably their history of just not being good, has me, keeps me thinking that they're still not going to be that great. I mean, a lot of people think that they're going to be able to squeak into the playoffs, and I, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to have such a big turnaround wins-wise. I mean, they were they were equally bad last year. As I mean, they were probably about five wins better than the than the Sabers, but they were not a good team last year. 
And, you know, I think, you know, Luongo's going to be, you know, he's, he's a calming influence now there. So that helps. And, you know, they add UC Yoke and then they add Willie Mitchell. So, they, you know, they're, they're doing kind of the same thing the Sabres did, char- you know, with characters and character-wise. And that helps. But I just, I, I'm, I don't know, maybe it's from getting bit in, the, bit in the ass a few years ago, thinking that they were going to, you know, rise up and become a consistent uh, playoff team. But something about them just makes me not jump fully on board. But uh, I think that I, I do like a lot of what they have, but, you know, they're in a division where it, outside of Boston, Montreal, and Tampa, things get very questionable very fast. So that helps. But um, I don't know. Maybe if Ottawa falls back as hard as I think they will and Toronto slips back maybe a little bit, maybe they can take advantage. But uh, I don't know. I, I do like what they're doing, but. I'm not sold on them being a, a playoff contender this year. Well, hey, Joe, I certainly appreciate the time. I know, like I said, we had a little issue. But, hey, you can, like I said, it's vacation. You got vacation coming up. You can sleep whenever you want to. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I appreciate the time. I cert- I, I really do. Um, a lot of great information. It's Joe Yearden, uh, Pro Hockey Talk on NBC Sports, at Joe Yearden on Twitter. Make sure you follow him if you're not. Joe, like I said, thanks again for joining us. I look forward to talking to you sometime soon. Hey, you got it, Ryan. Thanks a lot, man. Wrestling fans, this is JC Money here, and I want to talk wrestling with you. That's right. I want to talk WWE with you. I want to talk indies with you. I want to talk WWE 2K video games. I want to talk anything wrestling with you because we are talking wrestling with JC Money. Thursdays on the Gear Radio Network. Better live than dead on the Gear Radio Network. Welcome back to the Better Live Than Dead podcast. And Perez, if a little while ago I asked you, Peyton Manning or Drew Brees? That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. They're, they, they're both phenomenal quarterbacks. They both put up great numbers. I like Drew Brees because he's short and he's got that weird mark on his face. Well, the question I have for you, because I've got I've – got the iPad full of stats in front of me. I made sure to do this. There's a reason why, like I always like to say, there's a method to the madness. Right. I uh, I didn't tell you about this question before the podcast. I was going to during the week and have you prep it, but I, I really wanted to kind of hit you because uh, from our from our past experiences, I know just getting you off the cuff is, is always the best response. It's always fun. So last year, Peyton Manning uh, threw the ball 659 times, the second highest in his career. Uh, a couple of times. 2010, he threw it at 679. So there's... Looking at that alone, with with a guy who has had um, reconstructive neck surgery, they weren't sure if he was going to even come back from that. He came back like a beast. Oh, absolutely. That that certainly um, that certainly raises some some red flags for me. I mean, you, you look at last year; he right. had arguably the best season by any fantasy football player in the history of fantasy football. True, true. And then you know, if I was to draft Peyton Manning, I feel as if this would be the year he regresses. Well, I think I got to be honest with you. In the offseason, Denver's done a lot did a lot of work to their team. I think overall, Peyton Manning has better weapons at this point than Drew Brees does. Drew Brees does. Now, because it's fantasy football, you know, obviously you're only doing it for so long. You don't go into the playoffs. So I think when you're looking at that aspect of things, I go with Peyton Manning all day. Now I'm just gonna throw these numbers at you because I did do some research last night. Go ahead. 
Uh, Peyton Manning's got 90, has 92 touchdowns in 32 career games for the Denver Broncos, including a, a, an NFL record 55 last year. Which was sick. He had 5,477 passing yards last season. He lost Eric Decker to the New York Jets, but he does have Demarius Thomas, mm-hmm. Julius Thomas, right. Wes Welker, among others. Right. Uh, plus they have Monte Ball in the backfield, who may open up some more if it sounds it might sound crazy when i say this but monte ball in the backfield may actually open up some more passing opportunities for peyton manning well yeah makes sense now on the on drew Brees side of things he's going for his fourth straight five thousand yard season no reason to think why he wouldn't do it right he's averaged at least 33 touchdowns per season since 2008 he has marquis colston jimmy graham and uh kenny stills now the the one thing about uh, drew Brees that i really like that really sticks out to me and has for the past handful of years. He's very consistent. He hits, he hits the the four to five thousand yards, the twenty five to thirty touchdowns. He does. He he has. He, I mean, he there's there's some years where he has some interceptions, but he makes up for it. That's the thing I like about Drew Brees. So that's why I'm so conflicted. Right. No, I understand, man. And 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 like I said, with the fantasy football season, because it's only so long, you know, it, with those two guys, I got to be honest with you, it's kind of a push. You're going to get great numbers from both of them. Um, I think. I think this year, though, Peyton Manning's a little mad that he didn't win that Super Bowl last year. But that's another question, though, because you look at you history. I mean, I know it's the Denver Broncos. I know they're stacked. They they just added Demarcus Ware, right. uh, Akeem Talib, uh, among others, on their right. defense, so they're better defensively. I mean, they lost Eric Decker offensively, but they drafted a few guys and, and filled the holes. But. Teams that have lost in the Super Bowl have statistically not done well the next season. That's another thing to add in. I mean, Peyton Manning can still go out and throw for 5,000 yards and still have a phenomenal season, but I, I'm just, I, this is the problem I have. Being an educated sports fan, I know you are too. I look at statistics, I look at past history, I look at that. I don't just go on and sit down and go, you know what? Uh, I'm drafting seventh. Peyton Manning's the best at seven. I'm going to take Peyton Manning. I always try to well, overthink it. The chances of Peyton Manning being on the board at seventh is. Pretty slim. I got to be honest with you. I'll tell you but, what. I, I went on last night. Like I was telling you, I did a mock draft last night just to mess around in the in the rankings because usually I do my homework. I get the book. I, I sit Sports Illustrated. I sit down. I, I read it, look through it, get kind of an idea of where guys are going to go. Yeah, but a mock draft is just that. It's a mock draft. It's not well, a real draft. I mean, look at look at someone like J.C. Money who's drafting like dead people in his drafts. Well, he does. You know, so. Oh no, I'm not talking people. I draft. I'm just talking looking at right, the listing of at the, the players. Listing. Like when I went on there, and I'm thinking to myself that you know there are a few, there are a handful of star running backs in this league. To just to get off task for a quick second, uh, there are a handful of star running backs. But after that, it's just you know they're a dime a dozen. Well, see, you say it's a dime a dozen, but the problem is nowadays if you look at the NFL, a lot of teams are going by running back by committee. They have they have two, possibly three, really good running backs, and they rotate them out. So if you have that one team that really focuses on one really good running back, you got to draft the running back because they could put up awesome numbers. And if you're looking at a team like maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, they got two really good running backs that are going to be rotating in and out. Well, they've already said flat out. I mean, I know there was a, a DUI arrest recently for the... Uh, well, they... they but, but they said yeah. before that happened, they said Le'Veon Bell would get the rushes, and then when they get down to the goal line, the right. Garrett Blunt would, take, uh, would get the ball, which right. means and that... that takes away points from... That's, that's a lot of points exactly. to take away. Exactly. And, and you know, they're, they're going to be real chill about that, though, because, you know, uh, they got busted with that weed in the car. They might not be playing a handful of games so, this season because uh, 
I don't know if you heard about what that what the what um, Le'Veon I think Le'Veon Bell said said uh, I was not aware that you could get a DWI for being high. Well, well, we never said that NFL players were the most intelligent individuals. We're, they're out not there. smart. He did go to Michigan State, but they're not that smart. I'm no. pretty sure he went to Michigan State. Yeah. So, but um, back to the quarterback thing. It's, I, it's a tough question. I really question. think. I think at this point, it's a push. I think either one's going to get you great numbers. But I think Peyton Manning has – he wants to prove a point this year, and I think he's going to put up slightly better numbers. So I, I guess I, I'll, re- I'll rephrase my question. If Peyton Manning is available to you in the first round, take him. i take him. And if Peyton Manning's off the board in the first round – I'm take, taking Drew Brees. Take a good guy, yeah. take a really good guy, and then try to get Brees in the second round. No, I, I, yeah. I mean, you could do that, or you could take a quarterback. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you have to take Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, but I'm just, just looking at like, – I took uh, Colin Kaepernick. Speaking of speaking of JC Money, last season I, uh, I I didn't take a quarterback until later because I, I stacked the rest of my team. JC took uh, Peyton Manning, and no, I mean he even he didn't know that Peyton was going to have a good season. Right. I'm pretty sure it was JC who had Peyton last year. Whoever had Peyton, Manning I think it last was. Year. And um, you know you just you just think about it, and, and and you can your team can do great, but then when Peyton Manning throws up fifty or sixty points in a game, you're like you know. Yeah, well, this he, is, this and he is does not, that. I'm not, I'm not liking this. So right. That's those are the kind of things that you think about when you go. Well, pay, how many? You know, is is Peyton? Who's he playing against? What, what well, last season on fantasy football, Peyton single handedly won a couple of games just by his oh, own absolutely. points. You know, it was ridiculous. I'm actually going to try to find out who had Peyton Manning because I, I feel like one year in 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 my uh, my Wolfensteiner football league that uh, JC. Did have Peyton Manning. He's probably listening to this right now thinking we're both morons because he's like, I had Peyton at this point in time. <laughs> well, we are both morons. So that's, what makes the that. pod, that's what makes the podcast the best. That's all right. But, um, you know. So like we said, there's a, there's a fantasy football podcast coming up. If, if Perez was not invited, I'm sure now after this conversation he is invited. I'll be there. I am the, I am the advocate uh, for Mr. Perez. I'm his agent. I'm his advocate. He'll be there. I'll make sure he's there. Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees. If you've got um, if you've got any uh, any thoughts on this, you can hit me up on Twitter at WolfSHC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. It's it's better. It's Facebook.com backslash BLTD Podcast. You can look me up on Twitter to it at MRLG Perez. There you go. Hit us up on the Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you drafted. We want to hear it. I don't I mean, really care. No, I'm just playing. You do care I because. Do. We're going to sit back in a couple months and think, why the hell did I not draft that guy? Yeah, really. And you know what? There's a couple guys coming out of college this year that look like they're going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, Johnny Manziel. No, I'm just playing with that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, He's going to be that's a beast. You, if that's what you're going with, then I think you've just been disinvited to the, to the podcast. <laughs> hey, listen. If I want to go with someone who's going to get himself in consistent trouble this year, I'm going with Johnny Menzel. If he wants the highest highest uh, cocaine to football ratio, you Flicking get Johnny the bird Menzel. to everybody. Exactly. Well, hey, we will uh, we'll be right back after uh, this commercial break. Don't go anywhere. While you're listening to this podcast, make sure you follow us on social media. You can follow me at WolfSHC on Twitter. You can also follow Mr. Perez at MRLG Perez. Make sure to like the podcast on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash BLTD podcast. And make sure to follow Gear Network on Twitter at GERE Network. This is Mark House, and you're listening to Better Live Than Dead exclusively on the Gear Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Better Life Than Dead podcast. We are closing up shop this week on another successful podcast. Yes, yes. First off, I would like to thank the man across the room for me, Mr. Perez, for joining us today and for recording the intro. Well, thank you for having me. We'll have you back sometime soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. I want to thank Tony and Katie at uh, Fortune Studios for helping out produce the podcast this week. Thank you. I want to thank John, Mr. JC Money over at the Gear Network, uh, uh, my my boss for making this possible. What's up, guys? And I want to thank everybody out there in uh, Radio Land, iHeart Radio Land, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Internet Land for listening. Uh, for Mr. Perez, I am Ryan Wolf. You are not. Adios. Saying, saying we're going to try to do better next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks again for joining me. G-E-R-E Network.com. Also, iTunes, search Gear Network, G-E-R-E Network, and subscribe.